You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everyone. Welcome to Choo 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 Chunks. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm just a just a Choo Choo Chunk. I'm Doge, and you suffer from the misplaced optimism of the chunk. Yes, and I'm Carter, and you know what I hunk about myself? <laughs> I know what people taste like. Hmm. I know babies taste the best. Yeah, cool, cool vibe. Actually, right here at the top. Also, Love every it. other quote is a soliloquy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. They're mm-hmm. so long, which is that's very true. I have I have an observation about this movie that I shared with Doge last night because he could not share in it. So I'm excited to share it with you, Carter, because I think you'll know what I'm talking about a little bit more. But I could not um, share in it. Well, because you you're not incredibly familiar with. Oh, I thought the you meant comparison. I, yeah. Are you saying I'm not smart enough? Yes, I'm, I'm saying Doge is a big old dumb dumb. Is what I'm saying. <sighs> hey, Carter, why are you the hunk today? Are you not even going to share this thing? No, I'm going to wait till we get into the discussion. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm just one observation. He's got to save it. He's going to deploy it at like 45 minutes in. This is what happens when Doge gets uh, intellectually threatened. He peacocks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, all that hair just points up. Yeah, it's all just going everywhere like he's touching a static ball. Our friends in Brazil, and I get to say that because I know this for a fact, like we are highly ranked film review podcast in the country of Brazil. Correct. Might not know if they hadn't listened to X amount of episodes that we live in the Metroplex, the three of us. Of Dallas. I, I can, Texas, I would claim, America. I don't know yeah, if y'all, DFW. can y'all claim Dallas? Yeah. Uh, DFW area. And it's really hot. It's hot in most of the world. I think a couple days ago at the recording time of this podcast, there was this thing of like relief for most of the country. And it was like rain falling everywhere. And it was almost like it literally outlined Texas. We have not had a legitimate rain in Dallas for over 50 days. And I kind of gave up on the lawn. I was like, this is not a good investment money-wise because I don't know the next time it's going to rain. It's just gold out here. We've got fields of gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But we have kept most of the plants alive. Wow. The plants, the outside plants are thriving. We've moved them to shade. I have become... Hellbent on fighting mm. this hellish heat. Mm. Uh, and it, it feels good to be able to do that for these plants because I feel sorry for them. It is so hot. It is so unbelievably hot. That's Out, very At true. my office, they have repaved the biggest parking lot on campus. So it's this fresh black Ooh, asphalt cool. that's been laid down, which the quickest way to get a lot of places is to walk across that. Yeah, no, you're going to It feels like the Chronicles of Riddick. It feels like <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna waste away. Just easy but bake oven. I have my the, the, the winds, you know, keeping things alive. I had my car parked on some black asphalt uh, for like about two hours last week for a shoot, and I came back to my car and it was reading me at 117 degrees Dude, it's, Fahrenheit. <laughs> it's so miserable to get in the car after a long day. It's an oven. 
Yeah. Man, I yeah. have those like expandable circle shades that cover your windshield. I need to get it, me those. It man. is I, a game it's changer. Time. Those are cheap, right? I don't know why I haven't yeah, done dude, that. It was like $12. And it, but I it, totally, it takes your car from like 110 degrees to like 108 degrees. And yeah. it is, oh, I need to bring a jacket. <laughs> I went 100% De Niro in the car when I get in there when it's so hot. It's so bad. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time, I was like, I can't. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, congrats on the plants. Thanks, man. I have never successfully maintained uh, the life that lives inside a it's plant. It's way harder than what I thought. Well, whoever yeah. was telling me how easy it was, it is hard. But yeah. we need rain, please. Please. If you're like a rain guy and you're listening to this, just send us some. I just want the in-between awesome. of Dallas and the world in Snowpiercer. I want the yeah. middle. The, yeah. the thing about me is that I, I think that in order for me to be able to keep something alive, it has to have some sort of will to live on its own as well. So like my cat's very easy to keep alive because it's like cat's he wants try. to— yeah, he wants to yeah. be alive. He it's wants like to if you eat. fall out of if you fall out of a boat, nobody's going to be able to pull you all the way in. You got to kick your legs a little bit. You got to yeah, try to get back in the boat too. You got to yeah. have some some will there. But it's, plants are just like you get a plant, and then it's just like the plant's trying to die. Do you mind if I die? Some of them are leaning though, man. Some of them are trying to get out there to the sun, bro. Like the yeah, ones that are inside enough. that are just like, please God, I need life. A little bit of that. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways. Anyway, that's the podcast. So next welcome, week. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to our new show where three old guys talk about the weather. <laughs> you know, we're beginning our uh Choo Choo Chunks uh series all about trains. All about uh the wonder of God's greatest creation. You know what I love trains. about this? What? Is that is that <laughs> I don't know. I love our library. And it's getting bigger and bigger. But I'm so glad that we don't just do only new movies. And I know a lot of podcasts do that, and that's great. Like, it's good to be able to have the barometer of, like, should I go see this or not? Sure. Do the people that I respect their opinions yeah, like yeah. it? But it's like, I don't know. There's just a big, big ocean out there of good stuff. I like to think stuff. that our podcast is most for, 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 for mostly everybody, but for most for those couch movie people. mm I think we are a movie podcast for couch movie people more than anything. People that are yeah. like, oh man, I've been meaning to watch that for like 10 years. <laughs> and I, it just keeps slipping through the cracks. I've been meaning the people to watch that keep Snow a list Pierce on their or... phone of what's yeah, up yeah, next. Yeah. They got a yeah. queue. Yeah, that's who we're for. But as we begin our Choo Choo Chunks series, we're going to start with a movie about a train. The middle movie will be a movie about a train. Oh, dang, and then the Inception. third movie of the series is going to be a movie about a train. But to start, we're going to talk about this movie about a train, which is known as Snowpiercer. And Doge, I need a synopsis like yesterday. Yeah, I can, can I do a little background music for you while you do the synopsis? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Yeah, that'll turn out cool. Go for it. This week's IMDb synopsis was written by Ann Campbell. Keep going. I'll be fine. Set in 2031. I'm not colorblind. <laughs> Keep going, Doug. The entire world is frozen. The world is black and white. <laughs> <laughs> starting to sound like a movie trailer. <laughs> I thought I'd be able to do the whole thing. Ooh. Set in 2031. 
the entire world is frozen, except for those aboard the Snowpiercer. For 17 years, the world's survivors are on a train hurtling around the globe, creating their own economy and class system. Led by Curtis, Chris Evans. A group of lower-class citizens living in squalor at the back of the train are determined to get to the front of the train and spread the wealth around. Each section of the train holds new surprises for the group who have to battle their way through. A revolution is underway. Bong Jun. Bong Joon Ho, is he on our Rushmore of like the newness right now Ooh. for directors? Ooh, he should be. I mean, this movie's nine years old. I know, but I'm saying like younger, like the ones that you, I think it's him, yeah. Greta Gerwig, Denis Villeneuve. Sure, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I can get on board with that. Yeah. Like na- names that will be household names eventually, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, yes. I can get on board with that. Yes. He has such a unique take on the world that I I find that frequently his projects are so fresh. You know what he feels like to me? And it happened specifically in this watch of Snowpiercer. I've seen this movie several times. Yeah, same. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like George Miller, but with way more to say. Does that make sense? So can I- To learn. Can I deliver my observation now? Yeah. So, so I, I kind of was on the same track of you. And I think, yeah, action-wise, you're, you're very right. Yeah. This movie feels like, not color palette, but if Wes Anderson made a hard R action movie. Yeah. There's no subtext in this movie whatsoever. It is all text. Everybody says exactly what they mean with all the bluntness in the world. At no point do you have to go, what did they mean by that? It's just... Here's how it is. Here's what the world is. And I'm going to say it. And that vibe lends this movie this sort of dreamy surrealness like a Wes Anderson movie in a way that really, really works in an action movie. Doesn't hurt to have Tilda Swinton, right? She's probably the the bridger of of worlds. For sure. But there, there, there is, you know, that blunt, no subtext vibe fits in an action movie really, really well. Yeah. And lets us not get bogged down in like, oh, what's the dynamic here? Like what is actually yeah. going we don't have to we don't have to wonder if um sorry, what's the conductor's name? Uh Wilford. We don't have to wonder if Wilford is telling us the truth about Gilliam. He he definitely is. He is. Like yeah. Yeah. we don't have to be like, was that a lie? He just he gives exactly the right information for us to go, oh, okay. Yeah, Gilliam yeah. Uh-huh. was working with him. And yeah. it just I love that. This yeah. movie just spells itself out in such a cool way. I wonder how much yeah. of that is because it is sort of a copy of a copy. Like it's passed through several different like cultural lenses sure. to arrive on our screens starring Chris French Evans. originally, yeah. French graphic novel, yeah. adapted screenplay by a South Korean filmmaker. And so it's just this mishmash of like different experiences and I wonder if that is somehow stripping it of subtext. Like, I, I, w- I would be interested to read, uh, interested, number one, to learn French so that I can read the graphic novel in French. Sure. And then to, to see That'd if there's awesome. subtext there. Yeah, and this, this does feel like such a clear, it's not necessarily a stepping stool because I can't say enough about Bong Joon-ho because I haven't seen his entire library. Sure. But uh, just his awareness of class systems, which clearly is what Parasite is. Yeah, yeah, right. It, it felt like here, here was the 
something was already fleshed out for him that he got to adapt. And then Parasite, he just got to. He's like, let me do just, it for real. For real. he just got to go do it, do it, yeah. and and make it way more personal in a setting that he was far more familiar with. But he is gosh, Parasite's this, so good. The George Millerness of all of this to me, which by the way, like uh, Chunkies, that's the Mad Max series uh, and the soon to come out. 50,000 years of longing or 10,000 years of longing or whatever. George Miller's wild. Um, But he has this dystopian grittiness with little pings of humor and pardon the explicit, but it needs to be expressed badassery. Yeah, there's like, there's a little bit in there that like it just cuts so deep. I I don't want to live in either of these directors, any world they've created. (laughs) No. I don't want to live there. By any means. But I want to watch it for a long time. Yeah. Because it's so freaking, it's, there. both of those directors have stand-up moments. Meaning, mm-hmm. even if I'm in the, if I'm in the theater, I need to be more conscious that I'm not blocking the person behind me. Right. But yeah. if I'm at home and we've made a giant barrel log. Yeah, that's cool. That we're running on top of, I'm probably standing. So my. Like, let's go. It's, it's those kind of directorial decisions that are going to be my super pump. Uh, and. Like kind of the, I guess directing kind of vibe because it's very like almost like seventies grindhouse kind of vibe with like the yeah. quick whip zoom in on the blade of an axe or like the mm-hmm. super hyper stylized sound effects when we're pulling out the our our minute pikes. long staring session as we're all staring at our fishermen in the next cart up exactly across and from each like, other and they're dipping the 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 blades of their weapons in the fish blood. It's uh-huh. just the wildest, and I'm not sure how much of that is. Is I mean the content is probably present in the graphic novel, but like the decision to frame the content and show it in this kind of like very Sin City, yeah, it's like so yeah. like effectively plain. Like there is very little flourish, uh, yeah, and it's just it's so stark and it's wonderful. So my my super pump is also I'm just gonna call it Bong Joon Ho is my super yeah, pump. I mean like his 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 eye his taste is so all over this in such a cool way. I'm gonna distill yeah. it down to specifically um, driving through the long tunnel. Yes, oh that's everybody so has cool. night vision, and then we have our our tattooed friend sprint Dude. from the back with the torch. That's, that's so Helms deep, bro. Yeah, Dude, that is the fire. most like yeah. maybe maybe shoot it the coolest thing anybody's ever done in a movie is take a man hostage and show him a predetermined tattoo that you just have for these instances yeah where he, where his options are surrender or die that is <laughs> so cool the coolest thing it is so stupid it's so yes. stupid yeah and if this was like fast and furious and somebody had a surrender or die tattoo we'd be making fun of how douchey they were but yeah. in this movie where we watch him use it where my thought is like yeah that guy probably tells people to surrender or die a lot yeah yeah he gets a lot of mileage out of that tattoo yeah that's a good tattoo yeah he chose right <laughs> He's, just, he's being economical. Think of all the time he's saved by not telling them. Like that. a grocer that has paper and plastic. But yeah. it, it's it's also, <laughs> and again, I don't know how much of this is Bong Joon Ho and how much is the graphic novel. So maybe it's a combined super dump of feels both. like a mix. From what I but was reading, just, he does a lot of his own this, stuff. The world is so good. Sticking yeah. people's arms out to shatter them as a punishment, cutting your arm off to feed people as an act of sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. it is. In, in a lesser movie, in a lesser version of this that sells out 80% as hard instead of 100% as hard. Yeah. When yeah. Chris Evans, when Kurt, first of all, the name Curtis would bother me. But when, <laughs> when Curtis says, how can I lead if I have two arms? 
I'd be like, yeah. dumbest line yeah. in history. But in this movie, I'm like, excellent point. Answer the Good question. Point. <laughs> it's, like what is, it's like, yeah, what have you given up? Yeah. yeah. It oh, really man. is. It really is. I mean, it's interesting you bring up George Miller. Like it it really is to me cut from the same cloth as Fury Road. For where it's sure, just like, dude. Exactly. this is weird. This is pretty stupid. But just if we sell out 100%, people it's are going to awesome. buy in. Yeah. There's this... There has to be this mix because there is this moment that a director gets to say, I'm I'm really just doing this because it looks cool. Yeah. The rule of cool. Rule right. of cool is but all over the thing. this movie. But here's the thing. A lot yes. of directors fall flat on that. So you have to know what looks cool first. You have to have good <laughs> yeah. taste. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Then you have to fight for it. Like we did by not the way- need a flaming guitar solo. <laughs> Hey, but yes, we did. Yeah, we did. I'll never forget it. <laughs> right. I'll never forget it. The Real quick, the fish scene. Mm. Bong Joon Ho, and, and what a, it, it, I hate the nasty taste in your mouth you get of the two or three decades of Weinstein productions. Sure. But yeah. this is a Harvey Weinstein produced movie. And there's a story about Bong Joon Ho talking to Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein was trying to cut this fish scene. He's like, it doesn't make sense. It's drawn out too long. We can get those two minutes back somewhere else. And Bong Joon Ho said, listen, here's the thing of all the things, please let me have this. My father was a fisherman, it means so much to me. I really want to be able to do this. And Harvey's like, you know what? I'm a family man myself, which allows him to do it, obviously. In an interview in the media junket, Harvey hasn't been Weinsteined yet. In the media junket, Bong Joon Ho says, I effing lied. I just wanted the scene. My dad was not a fisherman. (laughs) Like, that's the thing. He knows what looks cool. And everything is a, his entire work is a testament to that, as is Miller's. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But like, Bong Joon-ho said, sorry, we need to build this house. There's yeah. no set that looks like this. We're going to build a house for Parasite. Cool. So yeah. it's just like, and dude, he just commits his and it taste. works. This is a nine-year-old movie. It still is cool. This is yeah, not stylized to, this is not flash in the pan stylized. This is like timelessly cool, I think. Parts of yeah. it are Hitchcockian on steroids to me. Because it Ooh, is such a small, well, it's a small setting, right? I thought you sure. meant Hancock at first, the Will Smith no, 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 no. movie. Alfred Hitchcock. I can see, he, like- Alfred Hitchcock directed, um, like, some major movies, like, like Psycho, Hancock? Rear Window, like, those kinds of things. Doge, I think you'd I'm, like his work. I've only seen <laughs> Hancock and Snowpiercer now, so it sounds like he kind of did, like, a Hancock kind of thing. I'm oh, thinking yeah. specifically of Rope. So Hitchcock gets in his mind, I want to make it look like there is never, it never cuts- I want to make it look like it's one long shot the entire time. I feel like Bong Joon-ho has a, has a head like that, has a brain that's like, we have one setting. And here's the thing. I get to, like how we get to bend space time sometimes in multiverse movies, I get to literally bend the environment so that somebody who was 30 minutes ago in the 30-minute-ago car gets to shoot through a window at somebody oh, who's so gone up good. a few. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, it feels like, Hitchcock, but way more graphic. I, right. I think it's he has a vision of what about the foundation could be really cool and how can I make that happen? I think Edgar Wright does this. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that use structure uh, and imagery just to be like, this is what happens no matter what. And it stands out in a different way with guys like that, especially with Bong Joon-ho in this movie. I love it. My super pump is Tilda Swinton. I Ooh. think- Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think- because this movie is such a fun balance, and I was, it's, it's interesting for me to read critic and audience reviews, because I did get surprised at Snowpiercer's review, specifically on IMDb, because I think it's a great movie. 
And people have been snooty for a long time and we can be that too. But a lot of people were saying, man, I wish he would have leaned in more to the story about the class system and it didn't have so much action. Which to nah. me, I'm like, you weren't watching. Oh, nah. so. But here's the thing. Swinton, who was not the original idea, it was John C. Riley. Swinton comes in. Yeah, it was supposed to be John C. Riley. That's who Bong Joon-ho wanted. But, uh, and, and that character was supposed to be very like kind and we're supposed to be able to relate to them to some way. They're in a position that they don't necessarily want to be. But in comes Tilda Swinton to deliver these lines. If she doesn't have, you're a shoe, act like a shoe. Like yeah. she, her moments and, and her long, it feels like she has the most lines in this movie. Yeah. Feel very much to me the most important to get the point across mm-hmm. to make the environment far more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen far beyond what anybody could have expected with a very different role for her, I would consider her borderline character actor though. She can kind of do anything. Yeah. But this, I think, was inspired. I think without her, it's it's pretty different. I think yeah. without just I this. Because totally she also gets to introduce this kind of cavalier like insensitivity of the front. She, she brings in like kind of the black comedy, yes, the like dude. kind of quirky, awful, awful person. She, yeah. more than anyone, even though we have, who I think is our director's literal muse in Song Kang Ho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, it had to be Tilda. She feels like an extension of what was this movie was supposed to be. And if she doesn't deliver, I don't think it falls as well. Does he bring her back? She's in Okja, right? Like he brings yes. her back in. Okay, she's in. So. She's in Okja. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly Brilliant. he found something that he likes there. Which I mean, Tilda Swinton is an unbelievable actor. So who's surprised? Yeah. But yeah, Carter, I think you're right. I think her biggest strength here, uh, story wise is introducing, I like what you said, a cavalier insensitivity of just like, well, who cares what happens to you? Right. But it's it's like, I've done it so long. Front. This, this yeah. is how it is. Yeah. And then that though, but what she gets to do, it's this wonderful like juxtaposing thing because she is so over the top and you'll never really meet a person like her. Right. But she gets to put into words how ridiculous something is that people living in our class system get to look and say, yeah, but this is kind and of how it is. That's the yeah. Wes Anderson-iness of it that I'm talking yeah. about, where she can just come out and say these things and nobody, it's not like nobody's reacting to it, but nobody's reacting like, but that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's just like, yeah. and this is life aboard the Snowpiercer. Like, and yeah. that's just yeah. how it is. Um, yeah. I think of like the teacher as well in like the children train car of uh, mm-hmm. everything is Ugh. just like, we're going to continue on. Like it's so, there's no yeah. subtext and I love it. I think it's so brilliant and such an interesting way to tell this particular story. I think that watching her bite into the cockroach protein bar is up there with Dinothor eating tomatoes. Yuck. Yeah, that's a big yuck. Not as gross. We don't get much, we don't get much noises. I think tomatoes are mind watching it. I fully disagree that we get no, that we don't get noise. Must there's get, like must a squeeze. Tuned. We get there's noise. Like a squeeze. The the cockroach bar doesn't break containment in the same way that the tomatoes do. Because I'm the not saying that it's squish and squirt, and the cockroach only squirt. I'm just saying. Do you know Tilda actually like the taste of those? What did they make them with? I mean, did they make them? It with was like, like seaweed and gelatin, right? She was down. She was like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. I would believe it. If any, if you told me there was one person on this planet whose diet is entirely seaweed and gelatin, I'd be like, 
Is it Tilda Swinton? <laughs> is it Tilda Swinton? Just a quick guess, though. Is it Just Tilda? Just a quick guess. <laughs> Any chance that it's Could Tilda? Um, Could be. You know who we don't get much of in cinema? Jamie Bell. Yeah. And I like him. He's great in this. I think he's good. I think Fantastic ruined his career. I think it tanked him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, it tanked all those guys except for, well, it tanked fully half of the Fantastic Four. Sure. Right? Because Miles think- Teller's still doing stuff. Michael B. Jordan has been rehabilitated by the Marvel Cinematic Universe and by Creed. Uh, yeah, by Creed. Well, here's hoping for a Fantastic turnaround because I, I really genuinely think that he's a, a real talent and I would yeah. love more of him. Did you guys ever see Jumper? No. Oh, that would be no. that would be a fun movie to do like if we ever do like an off the beaten path sci-fi series cuz that movie is like a 5 out of 10 but the idea is like a 9 out of 10. Can I give us a quick idea here live on the podcast? Yeah, I'd love it. For a series. Yeah. yeah. Let's do a bunch of these like teen fiction series that yeah, don't have sure. like divergent like Maze yeah. Runner. Let's and find stuff. three different ones that have a trilogy. Oh, Percy and Jackson, do right? different, do like the first of one, the second of another, and the third of another, but we get to write how they're all connected. Cool. Don't people like love Percy Jackson? Isn't that like a deeply beloved? Percy series? Jackson, Divergent. We need one more. Maze Runner. We'll, we'll figure it out. And Maze Runner. Yeah. We'll do the first and second and then the third, but then talk about as if they're all connected. Mm. Anyways, go ahead. Cool. Sort of seems like... It was grown from the manure of another idea that I've been pushing for about three and a half years. Mission Impossible? Impossible? (laughs) What? What did you say? Mission Impossible? No. We both said that, yeah. Oh, did you really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I was thinking more along the lines of... Redacted. But... Yeah. I think that's our ringer. We got to keep that in the back pocket. We'll bleep that one out. We'll bleep it out. That's going to be a good time. Why do we'll I hate it so much? I don't we'll know it because it's an incredible idea that hey, we you would just jump If you would just let us do it, you'd be feeling all right. All right, all right, all And that's right. the only tease you're going to get. You know, somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. Now listen, I, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> back to Snowpiercer. I find it so effective that most of this movie is spent in the back cars. The movie never has to spell out that the train is majority lower class people. Mm -hmm. Thus the effectiveness of the uprising, thus the intention behind using the uprising to cull some of the population. Mm. But it's it's, it's very unique... Or I guess it's not that unique to be like, you know, the the proletariat is the largest class or whatever. Whatever this no. movie's trying yeah. to say. It's not that unique. But like just showing that they're halfway done with the train by the time they even get into the space with the rich people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's cool. Um, the The environments, that aquarium shot. Yeah. That's very cool. Unbelievable. I know that the governing force behind this movie is the rule of cool, where it's like, if it looks cool, perfect. You're going to tell me that we play fast and loose with the dimensions of our train cars here? My super dump is that (laughs) these train cars are so narrow. And also, let's say, for example, I live somewhere on the train and I want to go to the bar. Do I have to walk through the aquarium? This is my super dump. 
This is my super dub. Yeah. <laughs> to get your hair done, you have to walk through the sauna. <laughs> is like, yours too, Carter? Yeah. We hate oh! this. We hate this stupid train. No, no, no. Mine specifically is like, <laughs> I caught myself and it felt petty because, again, it's just to make it look cool. It probably is just a testament that we like the movie and can't find anything else. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. I'm like, where do they live? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Where does everybody else right. live? Well, and sure. what, we're t- what we're talking about right now is the equivalent of watching Mad Max and being like, when do they change their oil? They never yeah. fill up with gas. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any gasoline yet. Man, I gotta watch. I might watch that movie again today. The fact that there's a bullet town and an oil town. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are run by bullets. We can get that to you. Anyways, it feels like this train. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they live. I don't know where they live. I don't know. I mean, it's like sometimes the train looks like a train, and then sometimes the train looks like, you know, the hall of a convention center, and it's right. pretty dang big. But the outside, all the cars look the exact same. That outside so, yeah. CG is pretty rough as well. That was if Schlotzky's. If Schlotzky's is on this train, huh? No, I like. Where this. is it? I like this. Is Apocalyptic Schlotzky's. I do not like Schlotzky's. Is it? It's not. Taco Bell is probably closer to the back, right? I get it what you're for, saying. It is. For I get me. what you're saying. It you depends what on mean? what the other restaurants are. You know what I mean? So if all they managed to get on there was a Schlotzky's and a Taco Bell, then I'd imagine Taco Bell is up at the front with the conductor and Schlotzky's is dangling Maybe it's like a demolition like a man flag. situation. It could be a demolition man situation. Where well, Taco we know Bell's Chili's gourmet. is up there near the engine. Chili's sure. is in the front, I think. <laughs> it's my favorite no, no, Mexican no, no. food restaurant. <laughs> oh, no. You guys interested in some Tex-Mex? I'm heading to Chili's later. <laughs> My super dump was almost that at one point in this revolt, the fact that we have some pretty chaotic neutral bad guys. Mm. Yeah. Um, that are just like we've had, and they've, it's probably very likely been preached to them the importance of protecting the wealth. Yeah. That at some point they just don't care anymore. Like they're doing such damage to everything uh, that it just makes it feel like. Like everyone knows it, we're about to crash. Right. You know what I'm saying? Pretty cavalier like Everyone's about, like, okay, this is the one. This is the final battle. It just feels different this time. Pretty cavalier I don't about care like shooting, anymore that I'm, shooting through the window and like breaking glass yeah. when you can't be outside. Watching the guys yeah. come behind with the putty and fill those cracks in the windows. That was yes. fun though. That little world building stuff. I mean, as a rules guy, right? Like as a, as a guy that I like- of you. Make make the movie, set the rules, and then stick to those rules. We do a really good job. I mean, not the with- water pumps in front to break up the ice. Yes, yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah. My heart, my my little like world building heart. When the little putty men came through and filled the cracks in the windows, it was just so good. Mm, yeah, speaks uh, to me. Having having all of us recently watched Snowpiercer. This is my first time in a while to watch Snowpiercer. I probably hadn't mm. watched it in five or six years. Uh, how do we feel conceptually? Because none of us have watched the TV show, right? How do we feel conceptually no. about the television show? Starring I'm going to guess Diggs? it's a 5.5 5 out of 10. That's the thing for me is that there is, the fact that there's no subtext here, does, and just this is all from the outside of the train looking into the train, doesn't feel like there's nearly enough here for a, a prestige drama television show like we're trying to make it. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't know. It keeps getting renewed. And I think yeah. it's a dog eat dog world in the streaming world. So, just looking at I've, some general. I, I don't web, know uh, anybody that watches it. Yeah, 
the episode ratings, uh, not great. Really? Um, What's it on? A lot, of, a lot of low sevens occasionally reaching for the stars with like an 8.2 is the current highest rated episode that I'm seeing. What network um, is it on? TNT. It's a streaming show, right? Oh, it's a TNT show? Yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of mid sixes. Um, there's a 4.1 gotcha. right there, baby. So it's just basically something to fill space in between the NBA finals if it's on it's TNT. kind of what it sounds like, yeah. Cool. Cool. The NBA Finals and Law and Order. Yeah. Basically. Well, the only law that I want to order is the kind of law that gets me money. So let's go to shout announcements, mm. I guess. Brilliant. That's Didn't nothing. That's nothing. It's shout announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Shout out to us for doing a great job on this podcast yeah. episode. We're I think it's been good so Really far. knocking it out. Really crushing it. It's, it's powerful, I would say. Um, I do want to make sure everyone knows that we have a Patreon. And on said Patreon, if you're like, oh, Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, where's Top Gun Maverick? Uh, it's there. That's where it is. It's there it's now. It's on Patreon. For $3 a month, you get access to bonus episodes. And I would say maybe most importantly, bonus votes in every vote series that we do. Yeah. And those bonus votes have changed the course of every single vote series we have had. They really have. So yeah. if you want your voice heard, heard, make sure you sign up <laughs> for that. At the $5 tier, you get to jump into our Discord, which is near constantly popping off. Yeah. Lots of great discussion. Lots of great debate. There's even a sports channel for fellas and ladies that are inclined towards uh, those activities. Uh, it's it's really become a cool community, and I think you'd really enjoy being a part of it. Something that, uh, that we're pretty excited about is I just don't, and as I'm saying this, I want you to picture me. I'm standing in the hallway of your high school. Uh, I have skateboard over Screaming one shoulder, at the top of my lungs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just found out there's no such thing as a real world. Uh, a railroad. Uh, a railroad. Um. I'm standing in the hallway of your high school. Got my skateboard hung over my shoulder. Got my cool ACDC shirt on. Got a backwards hat. And I'm saying to you, how do you do, fellow TikTokers? Because we're also uh, got a TikTok now, mm-hmm. which I think I think means that we're going to age slower. Isn't that um, Sonic the Hedgehog's catchphrase? Got a TikTok now. Got, got a TikTok, TikTok now. now. Got a TikTok yeah. now. So we've got a TikTok now, and we've got to get you to get on our TikTok now. Give us a follow. We're posting little video clips from these episodes. It's a good time. Uh, in case you've ever wondered what we look like or how close we sit to our microphones, there's answers on TikTok. Y'all keep going. I'm working on something for the second half. Okay, oh. Curtis working on something for the second half. Well, speaking of second half, the second, uh, third of this train series will be focused squarely and firmly on uh, zombies. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? Yeah. It's trained to be saw, baby. It's going to be great. Oh. I was going to watch Polar Express. Is that okay? We've been trying to get this through your skull for like a week. Mm, That's a good point. That's a horror movie. Train to Busan is a thriller, but Polar Express is a horror movie. And I I was about to say, if you want to talk about real zombies, let's talk about the the dead doll's eyes of Tom Hanks and all his fabulous friends. Steven Tyler elf in (laughs) Polar Express gave me nightmares (laughs) as a child. I I absolutely cannot stand that movie. I hate it. Hey, that soundtrack absolutely rips though. Good for them, but that movie is horrifying to watch. Yeah, it's very scary. It's a bad ocular experience, which I would argue is a pretty big part 
of making a movie. One of the two main parts, yeah. So Train to Busan, next week. Train have you Busan. seen this? I haven't. I haven't either. Carter, have you seen this? No, I haven't. My sister, uh, Madison, and her, her husband, Ty, have been telling me to watch this movie for like three years now. So cool. I'll be excited that we're finally doing it. Awesome. If they even listen. If they even listen. Choo-choo. See you in part two. Nice. Felt good about that one. Yeah. Really chugging along through the rest of this episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Can we play a game? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Please. We are. I have a game for us that we could very likely be playing for this entire series, and it's called Chew. C-H-O-O-O. I want to use some trivia that is adjacent to our movie today, Snowpiercer, Mm -hmm. and play a game very akin to the one that we may have all played on the playground. Called pig Either or ball. horse. Oh. If you remember in that game, someone shoots a shot, and if they make it, the next person has to make that shot. And then if they miss, they get tagged with a letter. And then once that word is spelled, they lose. So we're going to play chew, which we've got four shots here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some trivia that has numerical answers. Whoever Excellent. is closest to that number makes the shot, and the other person misses, and they're tagged with a letter. Make sense? Cool. Let's play Chew. Yes. Tilda Swinton, who is my super pump in this movie, has 92 credits to her name in Hollywood. What credit was Snowpiercer Mm. in her career? 92 in her entire career. What credit was Snowpiercer? 78. I'm going to go with 70. This was Tilda's 61st credit. Ooh. What an active individual over what the What an last. active individual, meaning that uh, Doge was 17 off, Jordan was 9 off, so Doge tagged with a C. I you now C. have cut. Walking around with... Yeah. Our next bit of trivia here, Jamie Bell, who we talked Mm -hmm. about a little bit easier, that his Mm -hmm. earlier, that maybe his career might be done. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. He had a hot minute. They gave him a shot, and then they said, "Mm, nope. We already know that he can't be the MCU. Well, we think he can't be the MCU character he was before. These big franchises have the chance to come sweep up and give people another chance, but maybe not here. How old was he when this movie was released in 2013? How old was he? That's a hard question. 
because I don't know him, you know? Jordan, do you mind answering first this time? Yeah, I'm happy to do it. It's 30. 24. He was 26 years of age. Jordan was four years off. Doge was two years off. Tagging J1 with his first letter with With a a C. C. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. We've been carbon copied. We finally meet Wilfred. Wilford. Wilford. We finally meet Wilford uh, at the very last car. And what a wonderful payoff. Bong Joon-ho was having the hardest time casting this character. Somebody else within his crew said, have you considered Ed Harris? Ed Harris uh, goes for the role, very quickly was given the role. And I do think we couldn't have done much better because I love Ed Harris. And so does the Academy. How many nominations, how many Oscar nominations has Ed Harris had in his career? Doze, you're first on this one, my friend. Six. I am going to say 11. He has had four. Four Oscar nominations. Handful of Emmys, too, for things especially like his role in Westworld, which feels closer to his role here in Snowpiercer than maybe anything else that he's done. Doge was closer there. Jordan now has a CH. I'm realizing that 11 would make him like one of the most nominated people. <laughs> yeah, you said it and ever. you could really get it back. Yeah. I, it my came first out of my was mouth. like, it's got to be like maybe like 20 or so. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it came out of my mouth as a good guess. And then as I sat on it, I was like, that's a ridiculous guess. <laughs> uh, his antithesis, which maybe we find out at the end, they were a little bit more similar than we thought working together here, was John Hurt as Gilliam. Uh huh. In how many Harry Potter films is he featured as Ollivander? How many is he cast credit in of the Harry Potter films? So, of the eight films, how many are John Hurt in? Who goes first? Me? Or you won that round. Is it uh, winner it's first? Jordan or first. Just we're, going, we're just bouncing back and forth. It's Jordan first this time. I'm going to say three. Hmm. Also three for me. Can you can he do that? If we both get it right, then we don't neither of us get a letter. If we both get it wrong, yeah, if you both, both get, get it right, it's a wash. Well, wait, but it's a wash regardless. It's a wash regardless. You would both miss. Yeah, that's true. I thought the benefit of going first was you get to stake your claim on a number. Okay. Uh four. I bet it yours is, is right now. Oh, it is. I know. <laughs> I know it's three. So it's like <laughs> if we both know the answer, that sucks because I know the answer to the question, but I can't you both to have, get it right. It's like you should have gone first then. You both have CH and you might not both. I asked to please go first. (laughs) Can I pretty please go first because I know that I'm right. And otherwise, if I'm not, I'm going to lose. Yeah, I remember you saying all that. Mm. (laughs) Bong Joon Joon Ho's muse, Song Kang Ho, Mm -hmm. which is maybe my favorite character in Parasite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These two have worked together before. How many movies... Bong, Jun, Bong Joon-ho movies has Song Kang-ho been in? Doge, go first. Three. Let me tell you what they are. I'll tell you exactly what they are. Yeah, tell us. The host, Parasite, Snowpiercer. You're missing one. It's four. Jordan is right. It is four. What's the fourth? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's an even earlier uh, it seems one convenient. than The Host. It's like a yeah, 2003 movie. Mm, sure. Doge well, has a cho. Confidence. Doge has a cho. Jordan I'm, has a cho. Always you like the game so far? Him. I do. Wonderful. 
Because like I'm winning. winning. Yeah, I liked it in better. In the graphic <laughs> novel, in the French novel, how many cars did the train have? Oh, huh. What is like the most important number in France? <laughs> um, do I go first this time? Yeah, yes. leap out there, Mr. Confident. Okay, I, I, I kind of know this answer, but not exactly. So I'm going with a thousand. 999. Those, you went the wrong way. 1,001. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> 1,001, you, sir, have chew, sir. And Jordan wins. That's so funny. The first ever game of chew. There was 1,001 cars, which is so fun. And the movie scale, perhaps, is what created our super dumps, maybe. Maybe if we knew there were a thousand and one cars, we could just assume people live in. If it was two X levels, if it was a double decker train. Oh yeah. If there was a second story above, I had, I had that thought, or like a wide, like a super wide train. Yeah. So with a thousand and one cars, I'm starting to wonder, like maybe our show is more akin to the yeah. graphic novel oh, I'm than sure. the movie could be. Because then it's like you don't even have to see entire section of the cars until we get to season two or three. Right. Or, like I heard season five, they're bringing in the fish boy car. Mm-hmm. Finally. Man, I bet that show is terrible. Like, I bet <laughs> I bet that, honestly, I bet it's about on par with some of the Marvel Disney Plus shows. <laughs> Almost my super pump of the movie Snowpiercer is that Curtis does ultimately get to show sacrifice and leadership mm-hmm. in the way that he had alluded yes. to at the very beginning and putting his arm into the cogs of the wheel of the engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately the sacrifice of these two men together uh, to save our two kiddos yeah. mm-hmm. at the end. Um, I felt so sorry for the kids that had to play the role mm-hmm. of the yeah. engine. That yeah. was so dark. That felt like 13 monkeys kind of, like that was like- Yeah, very yeah. much. That felt so, so grim. sad. Very, very grim. Just very zombie-like. Great transition into Train to Busan, but yeah. for one kiddo to walk up and just go into that thing that's locking him, I mean, that that is terrifying Yeah, in that small space to just be over and over doing something like that. You know, it's you expect, or at least I expected the first time I watched it, Ed Harris's character to attack Curtis, for Wilford to attack Curtis when he's in that like quiet engine space. Yeah. Something I love about this movie is that that's not what happens and it seems like Wilford really is choosing Curtis to be his replacement. It's not like a yeah, come with me and we'll rule the galaxy together kind of a thing. Right. It's, it's like a genuine offer. Yeah. And and Feels, something about that is good. Got tiny tiny shades of President Snow with uh the sure. Wilford yeah. character. Sure. Tiny. Yeah. Well, I mean there's it wasn't just the environment. There's sniffs of Hunger Games all over this with the class sure. system. Tilda Swinton especially. You could just put that character in the yep. Hunger Games and she That's fit. a full drop in. Yeah. The classroom too. Yeah. Yeah. The classroom section is just a is just a copy paste over into Hunger Games yep. and it fits perfectly fine. It's so yeah. hard to not and we talk often about Chris Farleying, about movies that we like so much. We ran the risk of doing that last week with Nope. Uh it is so hard to not just be like, isn't it cool that they kind of just like worship the engine? And like right. the indoctrination of the kids, that's just really well done. Or like, isn't it cool? Like the the fight in the sauna that's lit only by the yellow light of the warmers. That's really mm-hmm. cool, right? 
It's just mm-hmm. so hard to not, because there's so much of it that is just, it's because so much of it is just governed by like, does it look cool? Is it cool? Perfect. Yeah, We're going to spend it. 10 minutes there in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the big silent mean man that hunts everybody down would oh, be equally at home in a John Wick movie. Exactly. James Bond, yeah, any yeah. of any of that kind of just stuff. a henchman. Yep. He's just a perfect scary henchman. Just dead won't die. Like, and I really like it. But I, I so something something that it's easy for climate change movies to become accidentally very heavy handed. It's easy for anti capitalist movies to become accidentally very hand heavy handed. And this movie is both of those things. Yeah. And while the metaphor, I would say, is a heavy handed metaphor in and of itself. I actually think the delivery of that metaphor is pretty nice. And yeah, it's watching, still really uh, fun. Watching like uh, Contagion or something during COVID, like sure. watching something like that is hits different. It feeling like 105 every day and not having rain in the Metroplex for almost two months. <laughs> yeah. And watching right. a movie about global warming was like, yeah. it's like, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> maybe I don't enjoy it as much and maybe I do appreciate it more. I think those don't have to be the same. One sure. The same, but. but like watching, um, watching every time you pass. First of all, I love that the train takes a year. So every time they pass this bridge, it's like another year has passed. That is so sick. Yeah. But that he, um, what's his character's name again? I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting. Um, Wilford? Curtis? No, Song Kang Song Kang Ho. Um, oh, Nam? Yeah, is that is that the nickname that they give him? Nam? So as he passes that plane every year, paying attention to how much of it is exposed, yeah. such a good moment of like, uh uh uh, yeah, it's melting. And then the, we get the polar bear the at the end. And yeah. it's like it I don't know. You'd expect a movie like this to end very dreary and hopeless, but there's this little glimmer of hope with the polar bear at the very end. The ending yep. is so very like the road. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie or read the book. Uh, the movie or, is so... Or ugh. both or both like me, if you're a brilliant overachiever. They're um, so grim. Yeah, I don't but like much. <laughs> ending that where it's just like, I think... I think the boy's going to be okay. Yeah, right. I think everything's going to be I all right. they'll take care of him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how this felt, where it's like- Oh, well, we know the bear eats them. It's like, wow, I exactly. food in years. Yeah. If the polar bear can live, then I guess they can. But I think the thing we're supposed to walk away from is like they have, for the first time, an actual chance at life. Yeah. yeah. It is Snowpiercer canon, but you don't get to really know it unless you like read trivia or something like that, that our lead, and I think it was alluded to, we could make assumptions, our leader of the seven, the thing that they walk by and basically persecute as like, this is why we don't like- yeah the way that they view martyrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why we don't revolt against the machine because you'll just die if you go out there. It's supposedly like the mother of yeah, it's our, our survivor. Yeah. Nam's wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. or oh. partner. Yeah. And it would make sense because Kiddo wouldn't know because from, from the way that things line up, she would have been two years old when the yeah. revolt happened because it, it was in year two or three and she's like, yeah. she said she's 17 or something. Yeah, yeah. So our big scary henchman, I don't know if you knew this, um, the, the two of them, they're both named Franco. Franco the Elder and Franco the Younger are their two character cool. names. And I just, cool. I adore that. I think that's yeah, so much fun. Sure. To have him block the dagger from Gray with his hammer mm-hmm. is kind of like wink, wink. There's going to be a big fight later and one of us will have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah, it, it, it really it is like, as an action movie, it's really well done. 
as a commentary, a social commentary. It's pretty well done. As a a warning shot for climate change, it's going to fall on deaf ears, but it's really well done. Like it's it's a fun it's a fun movie that also has a lot to say. And uh, in that, but realm, it's not yeah, interested it in, in Fury Road area. It has a lot to say, but it's not interested in trying to. Because a lot of times with these movies, like like a message movie or something that would have something to preachy. say, it's preachy, and they also try to hide it, like you're giving medicine to a dog, right? Where it's like I'm going to wrap this thing that he hates in cheese or a hot dog wiener that he absolutely loves, and it's <laughs> going to go down, and he's going to before he even notices it, he's going to have medicine inside him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Snowpiercer is just there's like no subtext. There's no subtext. Exactly what you're talking about. Like it is, exa- it yam what it yam in the words of Popeye. <laughs> well, it's time to rate this yam. I mean, movie, and uh, we're going to do that using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect. And as follows, the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. I buy it. Mm. Uh, Snowpiercer tells a clear and concise story that has a chocolatey nougat filling. Uh, Having our train bend and shooting from one car to the other because we can see each other uh, across this bend. And then also having all of these themes of like, this is in the future, but it also feels very primitive. Mm-hmm. We are worshiping an engine like we would fire back when there was really nothing else, right? Like yeah. all of this stuff that gets to kind of live in the same world and just be really nice and short, have a clear beginning and clear end. I am such a sucker for that. That is mm-hmm. really easy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like our mission in Top Gun Maverick. It's like they told us exactly what's coming. <laughs> yep. We knew what was going to come. There's enough twists that it's rewatchable and it surprises us. Buy it. Yep. Yeah, I'm also buying Snowpiercer. It's it's the perfect mix of fun and intense and actual quality movie and um it's an easy rewatch. I didn't I had no hesitation about hitting play on this one. I, I yeah. just I think it's a fantastic movie and a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I'm gonna buy Snowpiercer as hey, well. Look at us. Snowpiercer is the perfect show it to someone who's never seen it movie. Good call. Uh I watched this with Jess. Jess had never seen this movie, and that is ultimately the least surprising thing about my wife because nothing could be farther from her flavor in 2014 or whenever this came out, 2013, sure. than Snowpiercer. So of course she hadn't seen it. Uh it was a blast to watch this with her for the first time. And I think any friend that I have that's like, I haven't seen Snowpiercer, uh, it's a, it's such an easy like, hey, let's, why don't you come over and let's watch this? Because it is, like you said, Carter, so clear and concise. And there's no like, mm-hmm. well, if you watch, if you read the prequel comic or like, well, in Snowpiercer 4, they really bring it full. It's just like, this is Snowpiercer. Here's what it is. It's so plain yeah. and it's incredible. Yep. We talked a lot about this compared to Fury so Road. Train. The it's so train. It's so train. It's so train. Uh, we talked a lot about this compared to Fury Road. And Fury Road, I think, is a buy the poster for all of us, for likely. Sure, I don't want to give a spoiler. Yeah. We've never reviewed oh that goodness. for the podcast. We have to. Here's what the I literal difference that, is. That might be the first movie that the three of us, just the three of us, saw together. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, you probably. That? 
Uh, mother's milk, I'll never forget that. Buy, so I think the difference between a buy it and a buy the poster with these two similar vibe movies is literally, it's $110 million. Like yeah, the bud, totally. Like George Miller had $110 million more mm-hmm. than Bong Joon-ho did in this movie to be able to have things that look cool. And by George, he wrung every cent yeah. out of that $150 yeah, million. Absolutely. Movie. But- yeah, to to pull off what he did with a thirty nine million dollar budget, yeah, for Snowpiercer, is, you know, I had, we see it in some of the like the it, cockroaches being churned up. Looks like a cutscene from a two thousand and two video. So game. much sure. of this, it but, does, it does, admittedly look sort of cheap. It looks yeah. like the best produced AMC original content, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I think I think there's something to be said for like. Sometimes I will find myself wishing that a director had come to their first idea second instead of first. Like, I'd love to see You can make Parasite him, on 39 million. Right. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. see him take a swing at Snowpiercer with the clout and budget that he could get a hold of now. But I mean, it now, is what it yeah. is. And the way that it, I hate that phrase. I don't know why I said it. it the way it shook out is still fine. Like, Snowpiercer is a yeah. good movie. It just didn't have the budget that we now know it deserved. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and he wasn't Bong Joon Ho yet. Right. Right. He was not best Parasite picture. Parasite cost winner. eleven million. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Way to go, dude. He's so good. Yeah. He's, I mean, if you're a production company, he's he's a gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. He'll Ridley Scott that stuff, bro. Just give him a camcorder. Yeah. Like he he'll make it happen. He'll make it happen. I love it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes next for this guy. I mean, but does he have anything on the docket? Like, if you cl- click him on IMDb, does he have anything? Yeah, let me going look on? for us. Yeah, I heard he's doing a bunch of Marvel stuff soon. Not really. That's not true. Uh, just trying to the bump, cast trying to bump of you whatever out, this one is is crazy. Mickey Seven, Robert Pattinson, Tony Collette, Stephen Yun, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I remember reading about that. Oh yeah, he's got an animated project and then the host too, which I haven't seen. That's in that's in development. I haven't seen the host. I haven't either. Me neither. Is that the other one that he has his guy in? Yeah. No, that's the one that Doge mentioned. No, the, the oh, other. Oh, oh. Song Kang Ho oh, is the in the host, in though. Yeah, he is in the host. Yeah, he's the lead. Yeah. The other one that he's that he has his his homie in, I believe, is Memories of Murder. Yes. Cool. Which is like his before Parasite. Memories of Murder was the movie that everybody was like, that is the Bong Joon Ho movie. Yeah. Wow. Nobody ever says Okja, huh? No, I don't think so. I don't know that that was particularly well received. It's a Netflix origin oh. too. So he used Paul Laser in Host too. Oh, did he really? Uh huh. Of uh, Smithsonian Bug Research fame. Oh, cool. In the Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Fun. Well, I mean, we can read IMDb to each other for the rest of the day, or we can end our podcast episode. We we can disembark the train for another okay week with- abroad in the real world. Before we board once again next week. Really, either one is fine. The part, though, we never did mention the part when Kamala's actually the one who ends up saving. Yeah, that is a good point. At the back of the train. That is a good point. Full circle there. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Evans is actually her grandma. I'd like for each of us to say our name and say which Marvel (laughs) character we would put in Snowpiercer to make it better. Bro, for two chunks, nah, I know. Hug. I know what you're gonna say. I don't know. Let me write I, it down. I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, you write your guess down. I don't even know what I'm gonna say. Mail it to yourself in a sealed envelope. We'll you return. don't even know. 
I mean, I was just mind. I was just being a silly goofball. Go ahead. Because we're all going to say Captain America. Thing. We're all because say I'm just I'm, I'm being cynical and depressed about Marvel. Let's today. not do the Marvel so one. I don't want to yeah. talk Let's about it. No, do the Marvel one, please. Let's do the Marvel one. Which Marvel character you would put in Snowpiercer? Can it, can we say that it can't be Captain America? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It can't be Captain America. No, Chris Evans. Which Marvel character we would put in Snowpiercer to make things just a little more interesting? This is so uninteresting. <laughs> This no, it's interesting. Go for it. Go ahead. For two chunks and a hunk, my name is Jordan, and I would put Korg because he's so silly. <laughs> I'm Doge. Doge hates this. I'm Doge. Magneto, pick up the train, shake it around. <laughs> yes. Shake everybody up inside. I got mine that I thought about an hour ago. And I thought you thought of it, so that's why you were doing this. I was going to ask you to do Marvel characters. Oh, oh I'm is Carter. It, is it Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? He'll stop the train at the front. I'm Carter. And imagine back in our backpack train. There's this big hulking guy. Uh, and he keeps asking Curtis, is it time? He's like, no, not yet. <laughs> is it time? No, not yet. They haven't been using all these barrels to fashion a giant ram. They've been using it to fashion a helmet. And the big guy puts it on and he says, I'm the juggernaut expletive and Mm. runs from the back car all the way to the front. All the way to the front. (laughs) (laughs) Just blasting Uh, through everything. Really short movie, really short movie. But really cool movie. It's the Quibi, the Quibi original adaptation. Yes. We're going to bring Quibi back. Single-handedly, we'll bring Quibi back. You know what they say? A Quibi's worth about 110 words. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.